I like your retreat thing you talked about last time. Mm-hmm. And we have to talk about your first movie. First of all, Detention, which you never talked about. Yeah. Matter of fact, damn, I'm so happy to see you, man. <laughs> I haven't seen you in, it's in a year. It's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. And I was just saying to you, the thing that I really appreciate the most about you, you didn't say one thing about how I edited, how I had the place lit, nothing. And that's what you do, and you do it well. Because I don't want to, I was like, I learned a long time ago, you let other people do their thing. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to do my thing. I know people criticize it, but at the end of the day, I'll take the hits. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like your child. You, you put it out there, it's there. The fact that you, and the thing is I've been impressed is like I keep, I see the post. You know, you occasionally post. And I go, look at the output. You think so? Look at the output. But it should look good. I it looks good, but I mean, it's the, but it's the, the quality and the quantity. Yeah. Okay, okay. And the fact that you're consistently putting out. Yeah. I tried to, first I was trying to be on a, on a certain cycle. Like I said, one a week. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. If I do one a week, that's only 52 in a year. Said, Which is fine. But not for me, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said, no, that leaves me too much time to do it. No. <laughs> so I might do three. Like today, I'm doing two. Right. After you, I have another person up. Right. And I have someone tomorrow. So I'll do that. But the one thing I won't do anymore is I yes. had 10 in the, what do they call it, bucket? How do you call it? Just kind of backed ten, up. Ten backed up. I had 10 backed up and hadn't edited or anything. No, that's that's that a lot bit. of time. So I do them right away. You know, when I get them, I try to make sure I'm on top of it. I do it. When Which I go program home, you use? When I'm edit? picking my nose at home. So then I do some editing. I do still use um, iMovie and okay. Final Cut. Okay. So what that's I do right. is I do mine backwards. I do Final Cut first and then I throw it on the iMovie. And then I add the music and stuff to it. And I can edit it again if I want to. So you don't do any of the um, audio anything in the final cut? I I don't need to, basically. I I take it as this because it's a podcast. And mine doesn't have to be that fine a quality. First of all, I'm I'm of this mindset, too. When people do finally start criticizing the audio that's not, then people are finally probably looking at it. Well, well, the other part of this, you know, here's the thing. Most people want to watch because they want to see the guests. Okay. People are going to watch because they want to see who is who here. Yeah, and the fact that you're presenting and showing people who are in I Japan yes, they have to who be are grounded here, you know, and in most have, cases, yes, right. and have, t- have spent right. time here, right. that's, that's like a class in some ways. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, somebody goes, oh, I didn't know you could do that in Japan. That's the point. You know what it's I It's like the video you, you, you're in. It's like, that's what, right. what was it? Black people doing all that in Japan? There's a black dude with a bakery? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I, you know, and this thing is, like, I I went to Gregory Porter's show yesterday. Gregory Porter? Gregory Porter, jazz singer. Okay. Um, Not yesterday, two days ago, with my son. Where was it? Where was it? It was at, it was through Blue Note, but they did it at the Samita Hall. Okay. And the band, they don't know. They don't don't know that there's a whole bunch of black folks in the city. They just don't know. Right. Well, see what happens. That's why. That's why Jaffa. We're starting Jaffa. This is something right. that a group of brothers set up before. Mm. So we're going to start off. I have the office in Japan, which is the base, and then we have San Francisco, and that's okay. one of the founding guys is there in San Francisco, and then we have South Africa. 
So it's going to be a, we can communicate with each other and do it through that. But it's going to be so you're kind of restarting the restarting. But we're going to make I'm making it really an MPL. Okay. On the sim. So yeah. and at the same thing on the U.S. side, it's going to be a legit company. Before it was just people getting together under the name of Jaffa. Right. And they didn't have any real legitimacy to them other than they were just getting together. They weren't raising funds. I don't know what they were doing. Not but when they called me and when they called me in a long time ago when they started, I'm about what society's about, generating energy. Hmm. And they weren't talking about doing that, so I said, I'll see you on the backside. <laughs> and I started my own organization, which is called 3AJ, right. the American Association in Japan. And what it did right away is made money. And we right. sponsored Reggie Life's um, Project. Yeah, struggling with success in Japan when he showed it here at the American Club. Okay. So we got the room and stuff and did all that. Wow. But then I didn't go any further with it. But now I'm thinking, now that I do have the time and I'm doing this, this would be a perfect yeah. time to come. So I said, instead of me doing mine at the same time Jaffa's doing theirs, I'll join Jaffa Jaffa. and just do theirs here. And then, I don't care what the name is. Right, because it's like the same ideas can go into this. And they can have other black chambers too after a while, just like Indian restaurants here. Okay. Just like Jewish centers. It doesn't matter. After, there's more than enough to go around. Right. Right. But I'd like to have a, con, you know, a consolidated front, and we go together in this and mm-hmm. have locations and really make it start to generate. Okay. See? Okay. So it's, in, a, in a way, it's going to be like, it's going to be a business organization, social organization. It's going to mm-hmm. be all of it mixed together. together. Okay. Yeah. That okay. most definitely facilitates the needs of people of color. Right, which I right. think that is, is lacking in Japan, and partly yeah. because of, partly just yeah. because of not lack of knowledge of what is possible here. Right, and another, if there are people coming from where we came from, they're traumatized in the first place. Right, so they're looking for all the traumatic things. They're trying to avoid all the things they think would be traumatic here, which are almost none. Yeah, I had we, somebody ask me, say, when are you coming back to this, come back to the States? I don't know if I'm coming back to the States. Why would you? No. I said, I, I was like, at the end of the day, you know, I'm like, I can't, you know, it's like, I don't get mad at police here. And you can talk to them. Wait, wait. You can, you can talk go to up them. to them, make them your friends, and they, the right. last thing you feel is any fear. Right. Even if I get stopped by a police. You have no fear. I don't have any fear, but the other part of it is, I probably did it. <laughs> Like, if I'm riding my bike and I got my earplugs in, they didn't stop me because I was black and they just wanted to stop a black dude. They stopped me because of the earplugs. Because you're not supposed to ride your bike with your earplugs. If my light is broken on my bike and I'm riding at night, they stopped me because of the light. They don't, they didn't because stop of your me. Color. Because, because here's the thing. When I'm just walking or I'm riding my bike, I've seen them pull over other folks. And ain't nobody else. And, you know, they pull over to me because... They just pulling over people for the thing that they did. They pulling them over for the violation. Right. They're not. They're not stopping you just because you may have done something. They only stop because they, oh we, no, I saw you with your thing. Well, America has the highest murder rate of from police to civilians yeah. in the world. Yeah, they outpace China. Well, that's which, which China's been. They they, I don't know if it's rightly or wrongly, have. Accuse them of being, you know, civil liberties in which that, you know, you're well, in a communist country and they're saying, yeah, it's their place. That whole thing. But let's talk, let's, let's get back to you, Dale. What I'm, you been up to, man? So are we, you, we never, are you filming now? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm filming now, man. 
So, so when tell me about you never talked about your first movie, which is Detention. Yes. Because you've done two movies so far. You did Detention, Detention. and Stay. And Stay. And yeah. Stay. I had one of the guys that helped produce yours. Mm-hmm. I had him on. Did you notice that? You had um, um, Chris. Chris. Rathbone. Chris was on. Yes, Chris that's what I'm having lunch with yes. later. <laughs> You're having lunch with him today. Yeah. So when I was talking with Chris, you can tell him too. It was hard to talk him because he was so protective of everything. His lawyer side was coming Well, he's out. very. <laughs> They're some of the hardest people I've had to talk with. A good friend of mine, Alan, he's a lawyer as well. And I said, Alan, man, how can I get, I ask a question, he gives me a one-word answer. And then I say, how many, how many kids in the family? I'm just going to be like, why? You know, <laughs> I just want to know. an interview. But, you know, uh, but yeah, we, my first film, Detention, mm-hmm. we shot it in 98, many, many moons ago. Right. Um, and it's interesting because in Baltimore, in right. Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, at Douglas High School. You told me you told me this. The other school, you didn't get to do it at your school because mm-hmm. the principal there had an attitude or whatever. Yeah, you he didn't like the, one of the, some of the violent stuff that took place in the right. school. And he, you go to the other school, which is closer to your the, home, and, and, and said, Carplatch. Bingo. Right. And that's also a famous school because who went there? Frederick Douglass? Uh, no, Thurgood Marshall. Thur- Thurgood Marshall Thurgood, went there. Thurgood Marshall went Look there. I think Cap Calloway may have gone Look there. Look at this. You know, so and so they have a statue of Thurgood Marshall in the school, which mm-hmm. we show in the film. Wow. Um, and, but that story came out of my experience working as a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, because after coming out of college, um, I had to take odd jobs. I took jobs as a production assistant, but in between jobs, I had to find other ways of earning an income. So I applied and became a substitute substitute teacher in the Baltimore City public school system. And so I would go to junior high school, elementary schools, high schools, even went to my own high school as a sub. I was probably the coolest sub that anybody ever had. I would play music in the classroom. Okay. You know, because, you know, the, when the teachers knew that they, weren't going to, they were going to be out, they would already have a lesson planned. There's a lesson. They just got to do the lesson. I'm traffic control right now. I walk in the classroom and say, look, especially high school students, I say, look, I'm going to treat y'all like adults. This is the assignment. You can do the assignment. Just keep it quiet. Don't make too much noise because there are other classes taking place. If it gets too, I say, look, if it gets too loud, I'm asking you to bring it down. If it gets too loud again, I'm asking you to bring it down. Third time, the, the offending party has to take a trip to the principal's office. Other than that, we cool. What do you like? I said, yeah, just do the work. Y'all can work in pairs. I don't need you to, you know, you don't have to speak by yourself. I, I said, look, I'm, especially when I was at my own, my own high school where I was an alum, I was like, I went here. I know the other teachers. <laughs> so don't, don't trip. I said, we can play some music. You guys can chill, listen to music. I play, just like I did when I was in school, I would listen to music when I did my homework. They were like, okay. And it was cool. You had no problem. No cool. In fact, one of my former students that I was sub is one of my best friends today. Oh, that's nice. He's and lives here in Japan. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so those experiences kind of gave me the idea of doing a story that was kind of like a black breakfast club. Um, where a teacher brings in five students because she knows that they have potential, but they're not living up to it. And she, she selects these five students for her own reasons. 
to help them begin the process of being a catalyst for them to change to really recognize their own potential as mm. people and you know building up their community mm. um, and so me and my you know partner at the time Maxi Collier we just sat in the car and said let's just do it we like sat in the car and said let's make these films and we did two films in six months <laughs> on film we shot detention in 12 days on $12,000. It's right, $1,000 a day. Yeah. And, you know, I still remember the day Maxie, one day we had lunch, because the budget is tight. Maxie comes in one day, lunchtime, he goes, all right, everybody, we got lunch, but everybody, we only budget enough for three wings. Everybody gets three wings. <laughs> mm. And, you know, it's like when you have those stories, and, and the thing is, it was a great experience because it was a cross-section of people I had previously worked with in, this, in Baltimore as a production assistant, mm -hmm. and plus new people. And just to have that kind of diversity on a set mm -hmm. was really just lovely. And, you know, it's kind of the thing that I still hold true today is, like, to have that diversity, you have to put it out there where you have just a diverse range of voices working together, that's right, that's right. you know, in a creative space. And, you know, the film, you know, and, and I, I tell you, look, one of the greatest moments was also when we had the final day of rap. Because I don't think I shared this, was that mm -hmm. I had worked on a movie called Renaissance Man. And... That was a Thompson, right? That was Penny Marshall directed Penny Marshall with directed. Um, Danny DeVito starring. Okay. And at the end of that film, Danny DeVito gave everybody on the cast and crew a bottle of Dom Perignon. Everybody had his parents. And some of the crew members, I don't think one of two people popped them joints right on the set. <laughs> and I looked at my, because it's in a, you know, it's that nice green box and you're looking at it, you're like, Whoa. And, you know, one friend of mine, dude I knew, he was like, yeah, I'm going to this tonight. Ooh. And I looked and I said, you know what? I'm not going to open this until I make my first feature. Took it home, put it in the fridge, and it sat there for three years, four years. <laughs> From the day we wrapped to the, I got that, it sat on that fridge. And we, the last day on the night before was our wrap before we finished principal photography. Took it off the fridge, put it in the fridge. We rapped. I said, yo, because remember, we're only down the street from my house. <laughs> you're right, right, you're right, right, you're right. I think somebody went to my house, can you get that bottle? Got it, nice cold bottle, Dom Perignon. Cool. Popped that joint, said, thank you, everybody. And I shared it with the crew and cast. Yeah, so, you know, and so that was, you know, because, you know, it's like you find little things, I think, as you go through the journey that keep you motivated. Mm -hmm. um, and that, Bottle was the thing was like when I rap that first one. So if I hadn't, if I, if Stay had become my first feature, that bottle would have got <laughs> <That's> <laughs> That would have been a vintage bottle of dump. <laughs> You'd have to put that in your care, not your carry on, your um, your your stored, your checked in luggage yeah. too, because you can't you bring that. Yeah, 
Wow. So, but then again, you may not be able to do it anyway because of the altitude and everything else. The champagne. I don't, I don't know if it would have affected if it would. No, it would have been fine. Okay. Yeah, because I've, yeah. I've traveled with. Have you? I've okay. traveled. Yeah. I, I flashed, last year I went to Africa. Yeah. And I, I didn't bring. No, I did bring back some, some sparkling. You know, some okay. wine. Um, Where in Africa did you go? I went to Ghana. Okay. We sh- I directed four episodes of a show called. Um, um, discovering West Africa okay. with Worldwide Nate for Wondrium, which was a you know kind of like an educational travel online. So you're staying really active still. Well, not only that, you're staying very active in the in the media field. Yeah. You're still directing, doing things like that, mm-hmm. and you just got a really prestigious job recently. I yes, understand. I did. <laughs> I just um, became an assistant professor of production at Temple University of Japan in January. Thank you very much. Um, and it's funny because when, you know, I, I was teaching film at Morgan State University from 2010 to 2012. And I returned back to Japan because Fukushima, because, you know, my family, my wife and her family were in Fukushima. She was pregnant with our third child at the time. And I was like, life's too short. You know, we were, you know, cause we were living apart, but at the same time we were working on all the, I was like, you know what? Let me just go back. Mm-hmm. And I just came back and I said, well, and you know, I was looking, I said, if I was anywhere, I'm going to probably wind up trying to land. It's going to be Temple. Because they, A, they teach in English. B, they have a media program. And it's a good school. And it's been here the longest, too. And all these right. universities came over at one time. They're the only ones that stayed here. Right. Through everything. everything. And so, and then at the time, my thinking was, well, there's only one way I'm going to wind up getting a job. Because I realized, because as I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, they've been here 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I'm like, ain't nobody leaving there. So I said, well, the only way I'm going to get there is probably somebody's going to have to pass away, sadly, mm-hmm. get fired, or resign. <laughs> I got lucky. They expanded the program. Okay. One option I didn't even think about was that they expanded okay. the program. And, you know, and it's that idea of like, what is luck? Luck is really preparation and being prepared and the thing is i was already prepared so it was just the opportunity of saying oh this is this is for me here now you know and so i had already in fact i had applied to other schools and to you know to teach and i had already had a lot of the materials i needed because i had already filled these other applications out previously and so at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I'm ready for this. This is okay. So by the time it came around, I had already had so much stuff. And I had already been teaching, too. I was teaching online um, with Art Center, which is in Pasadena. So it was like I was already in the mindset. So it was like the preparation had already been done. I had been prepared. I was ready. And, you know, it was like, okay, let's go. And I just had to get my sea legs back, so to speak, to right, right. once I was back in the classroom. And now I'm just having fun. How long, I, you, how long have you been there now? What's this? It's almost May now. This is five months now, six months in June. All right. Feeling good? Yeah, feeling great. I mean, it's, it's, and here's the thing. You learn that you realize, like, what it's like, again, to have a baseline in terms of just survival and, you know, life and expenses and, you know, got, I got, we got three kids. 
you know, before I was working on consignment. So it was like, here you might be working this month and you have to stack, you have to, you know, it's like you got to be a squirrel socking some away because you know there may be a slow period. Now it's a consistent thing where anything else now builds on top of that, which is Are you, you able to do that? Because I, was, I would think that after a while you'd start to build up so much in the students that you have and stuff that's going to take more time away from you Ooh. that you actually have now to do other things that you might... Well, I have time to do other things. In fact, this summer we're looking to get my next film off the ground. Okay. Um, well, you have three months... Yeah. Over the summer? Yeah. yeah that's one thing. So I'm, I'm in that phase. I'm in that, 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 that phase of trying to raise money and getting cast. Because the mm-hmm. thing about indie filmmaking is people who want to finance a project, they go, who's in it? Right. The, other si- the flip side of that coin is talent, I mean, especially if you're trying to get talent with people recognized, their first question is, is it financed? <laughs> Right. So you have this very chicken or egg, egg thing. Yeah, yeah. Egg sure, thing. Yeah. Um, and so we're combating and trying to crack a couple of eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we have two letters of intent. I can't talk about who yet. Um, but we have our lead actors who have helped us now get to this next stage. Because getting your leads at least gets you started. And so, because I actually tell, had to tell the manager, I said, look, it's chicken or egg right now. He says, are you guys, so I said, we're not, we're not finance. But the money side keeps saying, who's in it? You know, it, I got to have somebody on one, one of these sides has to come through and be like, let's roll. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. So now that I have my lead actors, we're now looking to get other actors. But then we now have at least something we can build on. In terms of getting, you know, the financial. Aspect. Can you tell us anything about the movie, or do you want to? I don't know. It's a love story. Okay. Um, it's called you... Polaris. Polaris, right? Um, it is about a, an African American chef okay. who loses a sense of taste. Wait, you, you, wait, hold on. You spoke about this the first time we did the interview, and, yeah. and then I said, "Is it because of COVID?" And you said, "You said hold it for a second. It wasn't originally, but since that did happen, it could now be. it could be, yeah." It could be, and yeah. I said that was that was really good. Yeah, Polaris. Yeah, and, and I asked you why you call it Polaris. You said North Star. Right. Yeah. You know, you got to follow that North Star. That's right. And so, you know, he loses his taste. He comes to Japan and fulfills his father's final wish. And on that journey, he meets a Japanese woman, and together they go on trying to find the thing that so he can go do the thing he's supposed to do for his father. Mm-hmm. And they come to learn that destiny is a choice. You know, we right. make choices, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, it starts in Baltimore, which is my hometown. Right. And then he travels to Japan. And, you know, and he gets to learn and see, you know, because part of the story, I didn't want to just have it be a Tokyo story. You know, because, you know, it's like, I know folks come to Tokyo and they think, oh, Tokyo. Wacky Tokyo. You know, like, Japan isn't all Tokyo. You know, there's so many other areas outside of Tokyo that most people don't even get to experience. This film takes you there. We go into the countryside. We go, part of the story is taking place in Sapporo. Because I think real, and and I'm sure as somebody who's traveled around the country, I know you travel on on your motorcycle and the whole nine. Did it in the car and motorcycle, yeah. Right. You, You realize, like, 
there's a whole nother part of Japan that most it. people don't experience. Like just the fact that sometimes you could just be out in the middle of nowhere and somebody will see you and they'll just start chatting you up and they're like, oh, come on over. You know, like folks are just so inviting. Um, and you, you rarely see that. And you rarely see that with people of color. And so to have, you know, I, and I like to say this story is Oh, kinda, so your actors are, the, so one of them, the, one of the Oh, male lead is black. It's black, okay. Yeah, he's okay. black. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, I can talk about Aver State. Now, State, he is no, no, no. Yeah, State is a Japanese, Japanese film. Japanese guy, right. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, no, my lead <laughs> actor is black. Because, his, you know, in a lot of ways, Stay was the manifestation of proving I could do it um, in a lot of ways. I remember, because when I was in grad school, I was trying to do my thesis in Japan. And I had some pushback. You know, I you know, administrators, professors, they, there was some pushback, and we had to ch change up the project. And I was like, because for me it was like, well, I came to grad school having already done a feature. I came to grad school already fully formed adult. I didn't come out of undergrad going into grad school. I came into grad school with life experience. And so I'm like, for me it was like thinking, well, you as professors should be more like, well, if there's anybody we're going to trust to take a movie and go outside of the country, it's this guy. <laughs> and so for me, doing Stay was, a, almost, was almost a little bit of a moment of saying, you know what, I told you guys I could do it. We could have done that movie here. I've, now you see I've just done a feature here. And, you know, and to prove it, not only to myself, but to those, you know, and then you still don't get any love from your own. Right. <laughs> it's hard. I think it's, it's, it's hard, but you, you know, and, you, and here's the thing. Just roll with it. You know what? If you love it, that, the thing is, I can say this about anyone who really has a passion about anything, anything. It won't matter what people say. No. That's what passion is. Right. You're going to do it regardless of what Because at the says. end of the day, once you... Finish it once you put it out there. Once you put, give, you can't control how other people feel about the work. That's true. That's you can't. Well, you I tried to on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did, but you're no, you're really right about that so much because that's the first time I've ever done anything like this. Right. I played around with it. When you put it out there and it's yours, you're doing the thumbnails, everything. I look at the old ones, and you want to take down all your early stuff. At the, you know when you look back as you start to get better. Yeah, but then you start thinking, no, that's yeah. me. That's what helped me get to this point. And you can, and then the audience you can, can see, see the progression. Yes. Like I listen to podcasts, and I look, you know, especially if I started with it, you know, mm -hmm. you can hear the changes and the improvements over time, and you realize, you know, we all grow, we all learn, we go, okay, oh, that didn't work, okay, let me try that. Sure. And that's what, I, and this is the thing when you know, going back to temples, I tell my students, I say, look. In, this, in my classes, you have the freedom to make mistakes. You have the freedom in this class to be wrong. I will not fail you for being wrong and making mistakes. If you don't try and you don't do anything. Because you're automatic failure. Yeah. Right. But if you try something and you don't succeed, 
my goal is for you to learn the lesson about why and learn and talk about and understand why that didn't succeed or why that didn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fail you for trying. Do you have a big class? I mean, how many students? It depends on the class. Like, I had one class that had three students. I had another class that had 15, 20 students. Okay, so your classes are much bigger than about 20 kids. Yeah. If you get 20. Yeah. How many departments? I mean, how many people, how many teachers doing what you're doing? Um, I think there were four or five of us in the department. In media? Yeah. Or it's more, I think there's more because there are different, like there's somebody doing sound, there's, you know, other people. So, you know, mine is focused mostly on production and screenwriting okay. at this point. Right. And so, you know, it's one of those things where you realize that you have to allow students to be students. Do you have more girls, boys? It's a mix. It's a mix between males and females. It's a mix between, you know, you know, you have Japanese, you have students from China, you have students from, you know, Europe and the States. So it's like this really nice mix globally of students. And, you know, which I really enjoy because, you know, it's like different voices, different perspectives, different point of views. And I try to, and I try to get them all to, you know, and part of my goal is to get them to work together. Because in a lot of ways, production is a collaborative process. You know, you know, it's like you got, you know, you get some idea of light, you get somebody else behind right, the camp. Right. I know you got everything. You got yeah, but, I want, but that's what I, that's what I hope to, to elevate to eventually. And I thought right. about bringing students in to do that because, of course, I make no income and have them right. do this. And then I can show them how to do their own because they're learning. I already know how to do all of it. Right. But if no, they I, came in and then they start doing it, that's good. Editing's harder. I'm, I I don't want to give that up. Yet. Editing is really making conscious choices That's right. about what you where you're going to cut, right? And how what's the pacing of your cut going to be? Um, That's one thing I'll, I work on. I haven't done so well on it because sometimes I do. One time I was saying my piece would be this. For example, you know I have four cameras here. Right. So one's on you here, one's on both of us, and then this one's across my shoulder, across my head. Right. So when you're looking that way, sometimes I'll cut to that camera. Oh, yeah. And then oh, when yeah. you turn this way, then I'm cut to this camera, you know, right. this which camera is, back which here. You, you know, which you but cut I don't on do the it action. All the t- I don't do it all the time because it depends right. on what you're talking about sometimes and it all pieces. And then I thought, do I really want pieces? That's too, that's mendokusai, like they say in Japanese. It's a little bit too komakai for me. Right. To, and then, you know, yeah, then you go, good. Uh, and then you go to the part where, you, you know, you're like, yeah, maybe we don't need to have him saying that. <laughs> no, I do. And a lot of stuff, a lot of what I say is taken out. This might be taken out, but I take out a lot of what, what I'm saying because it's about you. Right. And that's the part, and that is editing. That's right. That's what editing is. You know, and I have to teach my students that when you get into the editing space, that the audience only sees what you finish with. Right. They have no idea. Like you could take something from the beginning of this interview, put it somewhere in the middle. Audience don't want, they won't know that it came from the beginning. That's right. That's right. You know, so I tell them, I said, look, take a few even when you're doing your shots, before you yell action, take a moment. Give your actors, you know, a moment to breathe. But before you say cut, take about two or three beats. Because you may get a look or something at the end of that shot that you might need later on. And so you go, in the end, and you go, you get the camera, and you cut. Because then you get that little moment that might be there. You go, you know what, you've got that shot, yeah? Let's take that look, that look he gives right here. Let's put it here. 
you know, and they go, that's it. But it wasn't for that. It doesn't that's matter. Right. It's editing. See, that's right. <laughs> it's the, see, it's you're the, teaching me something right now, too, that I know, but I don't know. I know, because I've heard it through editing long ago and reading yeah. about it and stuff, but you forget about the stuff if you're not, I don't practice that. Right, because what you, like, you could do the moment, you could, like, it's like the shot of, like, if you only, like, if this was a single camera shoot. Right. You would probably maybe focus the camera on me first so you can get all the main stuff for the interviews. Then you could flip it around just to get you to go in the questions. That's right, that's right. I've seen that done. Yeah, and then, you know, and then you, you say, look, I'm asking you the questions, but give me some of what you would have said so that I can give the head nods and the, you know, and like, ah. Uh, you know what taught me about that was Mal Adams. Yeah. Because he, he's news. But the first black person he interviewed here was me. He gave me his first wow. interview with a black person was me. That's all and right. Me, and that was the first time I'd been on national or international TV. TV. Wow. And then people start talking after that. <laughs> I just talked to Mal the other day. Mal, oh, how good. you doing, my man? <laughs> Mal Adams. Yeah. <laughs> He's good people. I got to get down there and say hi to him. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he had a little issue and stuff, but he's yeah, 80, 85% back, 80, back together. Oh, that's right? good. That's good. Yeah, we always look out for each other. Oh, that's good. One another. I call yeah. you guys the OGs. That's right. <laughs> well, Mal came a little bit after me. How old are they now? How old are your kids now? We're 16, 15, and 11. 16, 15, 11. Yeah, man. Wow, I'm a little girl. And they're taller than me old. now. They're all taller Except than me. Except for her. <laughs> but how did they get taller than Was it on your side? It can't be on your wife's side. It could be on it's your on my, side. It's on my, my, like my grandfather was taller. Really tall on Yeah. That. You know. Right. Because you have a younger sister, two years younger than you. Yeah. Right. You told me about that. Right. Yeah. Different dads. Different dads. Yeah. Yeah. And then another sister, same dad. Right. Who's but she's 30 32, something. 32 years. Exactly. <laughs> She's a whole generation. Whole generation. It's like you know, I really and it's like love her, and you know, but it's just sometimes communication. Are you still, you still contact her? You still? Oh talk? yeah, we still communicate. Well, she's up there in age now. She's what? She's twenty three. Wait just a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I have one sister who's two years younger. I'm sorry. I was thinking the other way around that she was that much older, but she isn't. No, that's yeah. right. She's younger. Yeah. Sure. That's right. So she, you know, I she gives it. me all the she shorthand it. text with, with, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. No capitals and all this stuff. And hey, how? W-Y-D. W-Y-D. Oh, what you doing? <laughs> but I tell my, my children, I say, look, you guys want some information? Read some books. I said because not everything you read online is verified. It's not all. You gotta. You gotta like. You read stuff online, and you got to go back and double check it. Like sometimes I'll read something online, like somebody will post something. Let me see if that's true. <laughs> let me find out. Let me find out if this is true, because there's so much misinformation that if you don't verify it, then you're going to be wrong. So don't. Why put more wrong on top of a wrong? And so sometimes you have to go. And sometimes I'll drop into a friend's DM and go, yo, that ain't true. You know that, right? Just give me a heads up and here's a link to actually verify that, you know, right. why. Because I don't want my friends to be putting out stuff that ain't real. And then at the same time, I don't want to be putting out stuff that ain't real. So I was like, I got, let me double check this. If you tell me such and such, this, such and such, look, hold on. Nah. Or you go, nah, they do some bad stuff. I ain't trying to put nothing else worse on them than 
the normal stuff that they already done did bad. So it's like, why, why you don't need to make up nothing? You know, so at the end of the day, it's like, you gotta, now, because there's so much information, you gotta do more homework mm -hmm. to make sure that the information that you have is actually the true information. And it's hard, you know, it's hard because as a writer, because, you know, we don't strike right now. <laughs> Writers are on strike. Right the writers now. are on strike in the U.S. right now. All writers. All writers. Yeah. WGA. Is that right? So no, no more programs are going to be. Well, for they're going to. They're going to. They're. They. I guess the studios have programs. Right. They're putting up new schedules. But why? Why are they on strike? If, so it has to be about pay, basically. It's about a lot of it is about pay. It's about the streaming and getting residuals from the streamers. Okay. It's about. Um, AI. And You're concerned about because AI? you don't want to have oh, a situation where, as a writer, some because think about it, because the AIs are primarily using known data, of course, and right. known That's stuff right. to create the stuff that it does. That's right. So, who owns that? Who owns that? Who created that? If you're pulling from Anything, anything, right, you know, everything, yeah. And so there's now, you know, so the, the Writers Guild, the, the, you know, they're negotiating with the studios to figure that stuff out and to figure out what the, the new rules will be in regards to that. And, you know. If, if AI is used or not. I mean, well, or how it's used. How it's used and how. I think, because it's how, the, I think it's gonna, not going to be a case of, if it will be, I think it will be used in some capacity, but the question would be how would it be used? And how much, how did they get their cut if it is? Right. right. Or because they're owns, here too. And so it's like a whole thing, you know, so like the guild has a certain, you know, if you go online, you can read all the, the pattern demands and like how the guild wants to break that all down. Because, you know, it's also about making sure writers are fairly compensated. You know, that's the goal is to be fairly compensated. As a writer. I guess they would say about each other too, because you can make it so that you can't tell you use chat, because they have programs that outdo that. They rewrite it in your flavor, in your tone. Oh yeah. So it's going to be hard to tell did Dale really write this or not. Well, it's that. It's going to be hard to tell. Well, it's that, and then the yeah. more that it gets. Exactly. You know, so in a way, yeah, you got to like figure out what that process is. Yeah, if you bring it in, you say, okay, these are my ideas. I use Chad to get them out there because I have to let it understand how I would do it. Yeah. However, it's still mine. But see, I don't see a big problem with it. I've heard people say this already where they say that you use Chad and you're cheating. Excuse me, I used to dictate to my secretary. Was that cheating? Right. I said, oh, and sometimes I wouldn't dictate. I said, I just got a letter from Daryl. Would you please write him back? You know how I am. You know, mm -hmm. and tell, tell him something good and send some flowers to his wife. Am I cheating? Well, but not, you understand what I'm saying? Right. It's not a, what I'm saying? I think it's a tool. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I told my students. I said, it's a tool. I said, at the end of the day, <laughs> I don't, like, even with my own students, I said, I'm not going to tell you not to use it because you probably will anyway. But if you do, use it only as a tool. Don't turn it into something that just, because I can, I, now I'll probably get to tell because the thing can't write. <laughs> Depends on how you tell it to. Which, see, well, you can tell it certain things, but it the ain't that. The are how you prompt it, and then you must look through it, then you're still going to have to do You still got to go through it. You still got to go through it. And you know, I, would, I would be upset with someone, with anything. Yeah. You want them, come on, you got to put some of you into it. You got to put some of you, you know, in everything you do. You do. And so, I'm not, I'm not anti, 
AI. I mean, I'm a little bit hinky about it in terms of generating people and then taking the jobs away from actors. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, you know, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens because that's what it's doing now. Levi's, I think, is doing a whole thing where they're, they're saying, well, so help us be more diverse. I said, oh, now you want to be diverse. <laughs> you want to create, you want to create fake black people, <laughs> fake Asian people, as opposed to paying real black and Asian people. <laughs> we can get to a whole discussion about how our technology could actually free us to do things, but what it tends to do at times, depends on whose hands it in, it actually imprisons people and, and makes the gap even wider. And sometimes yeah. so that's that's the one thing I think we're always trying to find to make it work better because without technology we're in a room right now to where we can look outside the window mm-hmm. and see where technology has led us to we don't see oh, any yeah. green but look at all of this and that's billions of dollars we're looking at right out here billions of dollars and those people are doing okay yeah you know and people inside those buildings are doing okay however there is a big discrepancy between the haves and the haves not I don't know that that's ever going to be solved correctly because well, that's gonna, you're always going to have people that but feel good. There's always <laughs> been, but here's the thing. There's, that's right. There's always been a discrepancy between the haves and the have-nots. I mean, and that's just, and the thing is, how do you find that line where, you know, the majority of people are living in a place where that there is no poverty, so to speak, you know? There's no poverty. I mean, if you can get it to a place where just all people have a decent standard of living, and there may be those who just choose to be like, I just want to live off the grid. And that, and that's okay, too. There are folks I know who just, I just want to live off the grid. I got a friend. He's off the grid. He doesn't, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with that. I just want to be, live in my space. And folks should be free to live that way too. But I think there should be a way. We shouldn't have baby starving. There's enough, I think, out there for all of us. We just got to figure out the plan of how do we get mm-hmm. to, you know, it's like this, you know, babies shouldn't be dying just from food. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be access, mm-hmm. you know, food, water. Those are the basics. You give people water, you probably solve a lot of problems. That's true, that's true. Now, I know you're doing your project. Back to you, to you yes, and your sir. project. I know you're doing your project that you plan on doing over this summer if you get the funding and stuff. Yeah, the fun part. <laughs> the fun part. Get the funding and stuff. And that'll be Polaris. Yes. You'll have that out. When do you think it will be released? If Let's say everything well, goes smooth. You get if everything goes, if we get the funding and we shoot it this summer, we will probably... We, I wouldn't be able to do a deal until after the strike ends. After the strike. the strike ends, um, because that would be, you know, because I, I couldn't, I don't want to cross the picket line. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're doing it as an independent film, it's a whole different thing, but we couldn't do any negotiations with any struck company, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, well, I ain't crossing the picket line. That's still my union. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about maybe some festivals. I'd like to try to get into some like upper, what they call upper tier festivals. You know, like uh, Sundance or Telluride or uh, Austin or Tribeca, and try to get into or Tokyo International Film Festival. Get into one of these, you know, Busan upper level festivals to premiere, 
second screen because then that at least gets us into a place of recognition where people see it and know that the film is out there. You know, and we'll see. You know, it's, it's a, you know, you level, you gotta level up. You gotta take these steps up. That's wonderful, man. I appreciate this time. No, thank you. I appreciate inviting me back. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna do it again after we finish Polaris. <laughs> yes, that's gonna be the thing. You know, and you know, always a pleasure being back in the office. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe, and never forget. It's all on loan, so continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed. And press that like and subscribe button for real.